We're live. That's right. Yeah. Fan Creation Philosophy episode 33, going international. I'm Pocholo Cruz. This I'm Scott McDonald, the co-host, and our very, very special guest, the infamous. Hey, I- <laughs> He's positive. <laughs> the infamous, known but unknown, Irvin. Hey, what's up, what's guys? Good. good to be <laughs> back. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to have that pause. I'm sorry, guys. Good to no, see no. you guys. Good to hear you. Yeah. Don't man. worry about it. <laughs> oh, so El Jaguar himself, Irving, has has returned to the show. Yeah. It's good. It's good to be back, guys. I, I miss you guys a lot. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. These okay. pauses are gonna fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like doing weird stuff right now because I feel anxious because it, it feels awkward. <laughs> Just waiting, yeah. making sure making sure the pauses are are adequate. Well, we're talking via the magic of Skype right now. But... Yeah. So just to inform the audience, we're just um, all of us are gonna pause when we're asking questions or talking because there's kind of a delay. So it's gonna be awkward for the listener, but you just need to embrace that. Embrace that. <laughs> Okay, well, just to just to relate, so Irving, where where are you exactly? Right now, I'm at my house uh, in Ciudad Juarez, so I'm back back in Mexico, back in J Town. In J Town? <laughs> Do they call it J Town? Uh, just nah, a little bit. Some people, a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> yeah. there's this mixture of like people who speak Spanish and English, so. Mm-hmm. They call us pochos, and pochos. it kind of sucks. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, huh? Yeah, but it, it's like or Chicanos, and it's uh, like the mixture of the language. I don't like it, but okay, is yeah, like a derogatory term, or is that just what they say? Yeah, I guess for people, for people in the border, it's kind of like saying you're not enough Mexican, and they know uh-huh. whether you're not enough American, so it's awkward because you're kind of in the middle. Yeah, so I'm going to jump right into it, uh, jump right into the hot topic, bro. Um, what has been the response um, where you live from the whole wall fiasco? Like, what's been, do you guys, what's like the overall consensus with the stuff our side is doing and what uh, Trump is spewing? Because we know how it impacted us over here with the government shut down and yeah. But I just want to know your side of things on that. And okay, um, it's kind of interesting because uh, a lot of how the the people who make the rules for us who live in the border they don't understand how life is here. We are kind of like we're in different countries, but we're together. You know, mm-hmm. our lives, our livelihood depends on both sides of the border. So a lot of people are like in disbelief. They're like they, they don't they don't believe it. They're like, nah, I don't think this is gonna happen. This is like like a movie. What are we gonna do mm-hmm. if especially for the government shutdown? More important than like the wall, because people are like the wall. Well, that's not gonna stop us. We don't jump walls. We go through tunnels and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're joking. If anybody's <laughs> listening on there, we're gonna allegedly. Like, oh. <laughs> it's hyperbole. Yeah. He's talking about a metaphysical yeah. wall and yeah. a metaphysical tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, now for like for real, the government shutdown. It was it's kind of scary just because, like, 
even crossing the border, like the CBPs, the people, the customs, they're like, yeah, they're not getting paid and they're just working. And it's kind of scary. We don't know. I'm not informed. Like, what's going to happen? And it's like, these guys just eventually, what they're going to do, they're not going to work. Are they going to close the borders? What's going on? Like, and it, it depends on, like, we depend heavily on them. Like, especially me, I cross the border every day. Yeah, to go and to school, right? To Yeah, to go to school. And it's like, if I can, like, what's going to happen? I remember when the, the beginning of the government shutdown was at finals. It was like a week before finals. I was worried. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to be my excuse that I don't go to my finals? Mm-hmm. And Border shutdown. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I cannot cross the border, sir. I couldn't, I couldn't come to the final. And, <laughs> and which yeah. would be a good excuse, right? But yeah, like... I didn't know if I had to stay over there with my aunt or what was going to happen. Like, it is, it is awkward for like for people. Like I said, the people who make the rules, they don't understand the the way of life here. And it's like, well, and for all, sorry, keep going. No, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. I want you to finish. And for the like the wall and all that stuff, like it is, it is kind of weird. To be honest, like over there in Washington, I feel more exposed to the problem just because here we're kind of isolated because we're like, there are a bunch of Mexican people here. It's like, and like the people who live here already are cool with us and it's not, it's not awkward. Usually people are like, what, the wall, eh, whatever. Like it's, it's not a big deal. The wall is like, is more of a symbol than anything. Like we need mm-hmm. our, like the foreign policies actually was more important how we're treated when we're over there or because mm. if, if you if they want to really stop this i feel like we need help we're we're not very a very good uh country in that in that sense like the the reason people are leaving is because we have the opportunities you know it's right like that's the only the only reason i was born in in el paso was just to have a better chance of a livelihood you know because it's very hard your, here what did your parents do or do uh, they do no, nothing really. Like um, the since I already helped them get their residence, like they're trying, they're just worried, like what's gonna happen? Because I think, uh, you know, uh, one big political thing that was happening, like uh, the the running for senator, uh, Ted Cruz won, and uh, like I fucking everybody hate that guy. Yeah, he was he, he was saying he wants to take the citizenship, like he wants to implement like people like me who were like. Uh, what they call anchor babies. I'm an anchor baby. Like revoking was, your citizenship? Yes, yes, yes. He wow. wants to. And, and like... Uh, a Fuck lot of you, people... Ted Cruz. <laughs> Piece of shit. I'm <laughs> sorry. Want... I keep telling your story. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Nobody likes him, so... Well, <laughs> I guess most of Texas did. For a very, like, small uh, amount of people uh, who voted for him... Uh, he won the Senate. He's a Republican. And it was very important because I guess uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke, who was the Democrat running for mm-hmm. for that uh, position, he's really into he, he I think he lives in El Paso. He, when, every time he speaks, I'm not really into that, but every time I hear him speak, he, he understands because he lives here in the border. And, and it's, it's kind of scary that he won. I don't know how much does it take for that, like... Um, how can I say that uh, initiative can take place or what, what does it need to happen? Like a lot yeah. of people are like, yeah, not, that's not going to happen. That's too harsh, blah, blah, blah. But hey, he's, he's there now. I don't know. 
it's scary. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and you're absolutely right. It's like the powers that be, especially the current administration, is making these like large sweeping decisions that are going to impact, you know, thousands upon thousands of hardworking people like yourself who are in a border town and are going across the border back and forth. I mean, and it's like, from what I understand from the data, it's like people that are crossing the border are people like yourself, like yourself, like hardworking, um, contributing and and come in are actually beneficial to our economy here but i mean there's all sorts of bullshit political rhetoric that's going out there that's trying to you know make it seem like all sorts of criminals are crossing the border and you know what i mean our problem with crime isn't from people coming from that direction it's just people <laughs> that live in our fucking country you know what i mean and even there and even there's explanations for why they do what they do you know um but yeah, man. So, uh, what are you going to school for right now? Oh, uh, right now, I just uh, I got back to my old uh, degree or what I was studying is uh, material science engineering, metallurgy. Nice. So, so you're an alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> so you do metal magic. Metal magic. <laughs> you turn into turn philosopher's stone. But yeah, uh, it's, I, I it's more like, like a minor with a degree. <laughs> So minor, like, yeah, like a minor, like a like a digging digging stuff up. No minor degree. Yeah, yeah. No, not like mining. Yeah. Yeah. Digging. No, no, like mining, like mining. Yeah. Like. Oh, like in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Poking rocks. Yeah. Oh it's, shit. Yeah. Oh, my major is actually a minor. Wait, what? To get a degree. A minor. A minor major. Yeah. 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 It's just like mining. It's it's all with materials, metals. Everything that has to do how you make stuff up with uh, like everything all around metal, ceramics, polymers, all those all those things. A lot of chemistry going crazy. The hard sciences, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it is it is, <laughs> but, but it's it's fun. It's fun. I yeah. like it. Just trying to get get it done as soon as possible. Okay. Oh, well, I guess just for frame of reference, like about. So, I mean, you go to school El Paso, and you you live in 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 Juarez. Like how like like how how's the commute? Just you know, for people who aren't familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, it it is interesting. Like, okay, I'm gonna describe. Uh, so we have four uh, main bridges or border borders where we go through. So it's a funnel. Okay. Uh, and uh, so it's usually a lot of traffic. So if in distance wise, it's not, it's not a very long drive, nice. but just cause we have to go through CBP every single day, like traffic wise. Yeah. It, it just makes it really rough. So it's like an hour for me just because I, um, I got in, I got into this program that's called like a trusted traveler program. Mm. So you pay and you're like, you get background checked, your family gets background checked and it's like you give you authorize them to always like a like, fast pass. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I do that so it's a bit easier. I, I just drive forty five minutes instead of like two hours, sometimes oh, wow. three. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's just to drive the traffic and usually so an average is like an hour to get to college overall and then an hour back. What's the uh, what's the climate like when you're going through the checkpoint? Like are they, they like what is the 
is there a lot of tension? Is it pretty just procedural? Like, what is it? Well, it's going to be shut down, so they're not getting paid, right? Isn't that what you're saying? Like, the customs agents are not? Yeah. Well, the yeah. shutdown's been lifted. But, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to take a while for yeah. people to get their paychecks. Yeah, it, it was, uh, they were kind of, some of like, it, it depends. Some people are, like, super chill. They know you cross the border every day, like, you know, it's whatever, just, they just let you through. And mm-hmm. some people are like, they take their job, I guess, very seriously. And they're like super, super intense, super trying to like. Super calm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They try to catch you for everything and try to go like. Uh, what you got there, gum? Yeah. And <laughs> like, bro, like, you see me every fucking day. <laughs> These are my school books. I'll put a goddamn metal curse on you if you don't let me through. I'm going to take the one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's sure happened. Like, like I, I've seen him. I'm like, hey, you see me every day. What's going on? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it is, I guess, like it's a variable of people. Like some some people are like really intense. Some people are like really nervous. They're like trying to play like psychology games with you. What are you doing? Asking questions really fast. Now, are these Americans that are? On your side as you're going through, because I, I just yeah. What was that? Can you repeat that? Are these are the the border so the uh, border and customs employees? So I don't I don't know the official term for them, but the I guess border agents are they Americans? Yeah, yeah, most okay. of them. And then, I, I recently saw a picture where a bunch of these guys like came out in support of Trump and they're like, Mr. President, even though the government is shut down, we'll still vigilantly defend the border. And all of them were bald. I was like, this doesn't look good. A bunch of bald white guys standing behind Trump and they all work at the border. So is it like mainly white males? Actually, it's, it's a funny story. Actually, it's kind of the, there is a lot of white people, but there's also a lot of people like me. They have like, latino last names and they're kind of meaner to be honest those Mm. guys that are trying it's weird kind of like a self-hate kind of thing yeah 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 like don't be a menace (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i think of bernie max character i hate it it's kind of like that it's kind of weird and it's like it's always like the inside joke like they have they, there's a saying in, in, in Mexico, we say, like, they have the pine tree, or not the pine tree, what's a, like the cactus yeah. in their forehead, right there. You know you're Latino. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Let's get through. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing working here, bro? Yeah. yeah. It's like, chill. You know, you did the same thing as I did. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, but there is, like, like I said, everything. Like, you can see all this... Like it happens. There's this. It's very funny. There's this white lady that works at the border, and she always she has like a feud with my mom, and she always like she works, she works the same Sunday at Sunday morning, like at ten. She's always there, and you she's always this, fighting with my mom. Like this bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's what? like, oh, my mom's like, oh, this bitch, she's right there. Oh, uh, she's so angry and stuff. I'm like. Just let me do the talking. Every time I talk, it's fine. But when my mom talks, they're like, they don't like each other. Well, it sounds like a, a worse version of the deal. <laughs> yeah. Just burnt out, yeah. bitter government employees. Yeah. 
yeah. I don't know. I think uh, they just take their job like super serious. That's my that I, that's their my cop out for them. I don't know. Well, dude, they're defending America. As <laughs> <laughs> we will defend America. Yeah, dude. They're making oh. America great again. Yeah. <laughs> also, a funny story happened the other day. There was this dude with the hat, white, white as snow. Like a cowboy hat. With the Make America Great Again hat. At the border? Oh, man. Yeah, the border, yeah. In, uh... Fuck that guy. I, I, I was... It, it was actually a funny story. I was... I had my stuff, and I dropped all my... All my stuff, because my bag at the, at the Walmart, like, ripped open. Mm-hmm. And this guy picked everything up and put it back for me, and he was not an employee. He just had his hat. And I looked at him, and he had his hat on. I was like, oh, do I look... Maybe because I look Middle Eastern or something. I don't know. <laughs> Here you go, Arab. <laughs> look, buddy, I have a problem with Allah or Muhammad. <laughs> but you got to Maybe because you look Indian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess not. Not everyone. Not everyone's like that. Oh, so <laughs> helped you out. Yeah, Mega Hat helped you out. Yeah, and this was at a Walmart in uh in America. In America, yeah. yeah. So I guess like on on that tone, like how is a like so we talk about the border, but how do you feel like when you're I guess when you're going to school or like when you're yeah. in El Paso is like do they, do they feel is is there any like climate like there about uh, about how I guess how current politics is affecting them? It's it's funny because in UTEP it's like a isolation of of all that just in the, in the sense that there's a lot of diversity there, a lot of students, foreign students. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from the Middle East, Europe, a lot of like Spanish people, like I mean from Spain, and uh, like a lot of immigrants like coming to UTEP. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of it's a very open environment in that sense. It's like they I don't really see any because they they all come and I guess we're on all on the same page. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because so the 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 climate or the environment like a college is in you know a progressive mindset you know mm-hmm. so well, that, it it is pretty cool over there mm-hmm. compared to like other places I feel like because in in Texas it's kind of funny like they were making fun of there was a bunch of memes like of Power Rangers and stuff. Just because okay. it was like five cities, the main like the major cities in Texas were the only Democrats, and then the rest, all the ranches, all the <laughs> small towns, was red. It was yeah. like El Paso, yeah. Austin, San Antonio, Houston, yeah. and Dallas. It was like all the big cities are like Democrats, and the rest rural places. It's like that's how Texas. I mean, that's how Republicans win Texas. Yeah, that's true. Small towns. It's yeah. been a consistent red state from. I can't remember when it was anything other than yeah red, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. Because despite the you know the huge metropolitan areas, there's still like an overwhelming amount of the population lives in like small towns, like you know like this kind you see in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like far like farmers, yeah. old farm money, and yeah. which is it, it's always been fascinating to me in terms of American politics how like these small small business owners or farmers. 
they just fall right in line with this big business narrative. Mm-hmm. But throughout history, like big yeah, business politics has never, <laughs> yeah. ever supported them. Yeah. Always screwed them. Always like outed them for the bottom line. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's remarkable. And it's usually how they finesse that is they just, it's like, a, uh, what is it? Smoke and mirrors where they get, yeah. if the, Economy's shaky. They're just like, oh no, it's this guy that's taking the blame game. Essentially, I mean, you can go all the way back to like the 1800s when there was a lot of new uh, Irish who arrived in the United States, and so it was like Mm -hmm. Irish. It was like even Spanish and African Americans. This was like after emancipation, so actually early 1900s, where Mm -hmm. there they would create infighting between the Irish, Mm -hmm. black folks, Mexican folks Mm -hmm. for the same jobs instead of like, you know. That's how they keep the little people down. Yep, keep know. a boot on the neck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, how so are you training over there? What's like your martial arts experience look like now? Um, it is limited, uh, to be to be honest. I uh, well, my main focus is school, right? So uh, yeah, I'm just I just have a job just to survive, just to have my little expenses here and there. And I started working at the at the college at the rec center at the gym. Okay. So they, they, it's like a decent job. We You get paid a lot for what we do, to be honest, because we don't do anything. But it's like minimum wage. And minimum okay. wage is... is Sounds Texas like your average job. Yeah, exactly. What, what is minimum wage in Texas? Uh, seven twenty-five. Damn. So for reference, like it's eleven fifty in Washington. Yeah. In the state. 15 yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. King County. I think yeah, it and, it's, County. And, it's, and it's like... Uh, so it was. Uh, it's hard because here, like I guess MMA right now, it's or even jujitsu. It's like, I, like very in vogue right now. So a lot of people want to train. So yeah. they, the gyms are like very expensive. Oh. So, so what I've done is just um, my, my cousin of mine. He was a high school wrestler. Yeah. And so we've been just beating each other up wrestling. Nice. Like, just <laughs> just beating luchadors. Just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I bring my mask and everything. Just wrestle, nice. and and he yeah. um. He wrestled, lucha. So. I know how it's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just trying to just stay busy, trying to, you know, um, decompress in a way. Just because I was used to just training, and mm-hmm. it became something that I loved, and mm-hmm. it was my life. Just training, training constantly. Yeah. And um, I miss that a lot. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. I remember just being so anxious just because I couldn't just train and do something, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been invited to train in, in Juarez a little here and there, but uh, I don't I don't know if they, like, invited me, like, once, but I don't know if it's going to be, like, I have to pay or something. And then yeah. uh, talking to Matt, he said, just, like, stay away from that. Just yeah, focus on, yeah, no, don't get in fight. Like, because I've been, like. It's just hard sparring there. Yeah. yeah. And invited to fight, like, even yeah. in King of the Cage. And stuff yeah. like that. There's like I can get you fights fast. Like a bunch of people have like asked me like if I wanted it because I told them I just they don't even know my level. They're like, oh yeah, I can get you fights, man. Let me know. Are you fight? You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey bro, why not fight up for me down there? Yeah, <laughs> gotta make some extra bucks. I'll do king of the cage. No yeah, joking. exactly. No, yeah. but it's like yeah, it's, it sounds like very easy. Well, I guess <laughs> I mean we can take it. We can take a recap on on Irving's like martial arts career. That's like a. <laughs> Yeah, it's like fucking something out of Mad Max. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I remembered 
because uh, like that one, yeah, or at least you what you had like two fights, like one, one at a mall, and then <laughs> and then like one the one at a pizza shop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one at a McDonald's drive-through. Yeah, it's funny because there was yeah. one fight I got offered to fight in a pizza shop. And I told them it was a very bad idea because the ovens were very close to the ring and it was super hot. And it was. Like, a couple of teammates fought in that pizza place. It was so bad. Like, they opened the doors and it was still too hot. People were, like, fainting in the ring because it was too hot. I still remember. It was called the Pizza of the King in Spanish. Pizza del Rey. It was this tiny place. No one fitted in there. It was horrible. I told them it's not a good idea, guys, because they offered me, like, hey, you want to do a kickboxing fight? I'm like, fuck no. Not in a pizza place? Come on, guys. That's a true story? It is. I swear. <laughs> Dude, am I psychic? What the fuck? <laughs> All right, Urban, you got to take us back. How did this start? Like, well, it, it's like, because MMA was kind of, like, starting, so they needed places too okay. like i remember they wanted to do one like um the, the, the movie never back down was kind of oh yeah and, and you remember how they they kind of just put mats and stuff in the in the club and then yeah the, so they wanted to do that and they're like oh we cannot set up a cage in like an hour we need a like it needs it takes time because they wanted to have like be a be a party and then like all of a sudden, they would, like, open people up and then put the cage in. So that was the main plan, right? And then, uh, so this same, the same dudes, I think, uh, the same shady dudes, they were like, oh, okay, let's let's make fights. And then they want to do a Friday night type of thing. So the mall wouldn't let them do fights till Saturdays or in Sundays. Mm-hmm. So the malls were, like, for fights on the food court uh, uh, Saturday mornings or saturday uh, evenings so this time they want to do a friday night thing yeah oh and it was also they, they had a, an event like on the uh-huh. same state uh, like a couple of hours from juarez so okay. this was like a tuna fight for us okay so we were just gonna get in there and then just do kickboxing no mma because we wanted to apparently save up that was that was the thought process we're just gonna kickbox because we're gonna yeah. Save up for the MMA fight next day. <laughs> just, a warm up, just a yeah. warm-up boxing fight. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay. And then they told me it was going to be in this pizza place. I was like, what? <laughs> this pizza place? I, I don't know shit, but that does not sound like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric, how, how old are you at this time? Like, 18? 18? 17? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, all right. And I think I said, uh, I don't think it's a good idea, but I think they still convinced me or something, but I didn't get an opponent. You know how, how funny yeah. it is. So yeah. I didn't get an opponent. Mm, yeah. They were like, hey, you, you want to go corner? I was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to go corner. <laughs> like super hot. I knew it was going to be horrible. And people fainted that day. And it's like. Like, like, how, like how big is this, would you like guess this venue? Oh, you know, like, it's like Max. Max like twenty tables like for four people. So imagine putting a ring there, like a big ring, and it's awkward to describe because they had like it was Were the like tables ten... still there, or did they like move the tables to the side? They moved the tables and like they tried to sell pizza. Even then, like they turn on the ovens and shit. So it was horrible. 
that, that's what the well, don't like, tell me because I was not there. I was not yeah. there that day. Yeah. But it was like they, they told me like they were still selling pizza and it was so bad. We had to tell them like for the main event like. Please just turn off the ovens, guys. It's too hot in here. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying to fight. They hit an oven. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, it was the, awkward. So he just mom gets yeah. knocked the fuck out. Cause he, <laughs> Jane. Yeah. Delivery drivers. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, there's, there's some shady stuff. There's back. shady stuff in Washington. Oh, man. yeah. Like, I remember... Oh, horrible story. I just, I'm, I'm going to like redact, verbally redact the names of the parties involved. But uh, <laughs> there's, uh, when I first started training, I trained at a Muay Thai gym. You guys know that, uh, called Chai Sai Muay Thai. These two um, garage fighters. When I say garage fighters, I mean guys that took MMA fights and just trained in their garage had joined our school so they could get better at their stand-up. And I remember I was talking to one of the guys and I was like, hey man, what's your record? And he's a heavyweight. And he's like, yeah, I'm 0-2. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, where'd you fight? And he fought at this promotion at the Tacoma Dome. And he said his first fight was against this guy. And in his mind, he thought it was evenly matched. And the guy knocked him out in like 10 seconds. Shit. 10 or 20 seconds. Uh, this guy said, he's like, yeah, man, I threw a body kick and he was a heavyweight. He's like, and the guy caught it and then just punched me in the face. And then I was out. And then afterwards, he like went on to Sherdog and looked up his opponent's name and the guy had like a pretty substantial pro record. Oh, damn. So this dude got sanctioned. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, happens all the time, not just here, but everywhere. What about Joel Ridzak's story of his first fight? Like, remember down in Oregon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like... It was like in someone's like dirty basement. It sounded like never back down, really. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. never back down, dude. Oh, oh man. But speaking of never back down, that movie's awful. It is awful. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate that movie. <laughs> and of course, yeah, like yeah. douchebag fighter, he's blonde hair, blue yeah. eyes. That's accurate. No. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> no, I was like, they just took Karate Kid and they just made it to MMA. Yeah, it's exactly. an old Japanese guy. It's an old Brazilian. I almost want to look up some quotes from that movie that I can read. It's horrible. (laughs) I remember remember it was like a thing I had. I knew every time like a new guy came in and he was kind of like trying to throw hard uh, when we were sparring. And it was like, hey, so what? what, You want to do this? Like, you want to be a pro or what? He was like, yeah, I was watching Air Back Down and and I knew this is what I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, you're going to be here a week. That's what's going to happen. You get punched in the face really hard and you're like, and it happened all the time. It yeah. was like, do you like? It was like a question. You like never back down? Yeah. Okay. You're not gonna be here long. <laughs> you got, okay. I'm gonna read some uh, never back down quotes. All right, Irvin, you ready? I'm ready. Ryan McCarthy. I think he's the main character, right? Uh, probably. Oh no, that's I, a bad guy. That's a bad I think guy. Jake Tyler is the. Oh, okay, Ryan McCarthy. Here we go. <laughs> Step in or back the hell out. That's the. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Yeah. You gotta give the people what they want. Well, I give Peter. Here's the next one. It's it's got to end with you looking like a bitch. <laughs> oh, if you want to be the best, you have to take out the best. This is like 
80s bad guys exactly repertoire of quotes just made into like a 2000s movie oh jake tyler a really deep existential quote this is my fight everyone's got one (laughs) (laughs) his trainer yeah jean or jean roca never give up never back down (laughs) right Enjoy the floor. <laughs> it's sparring. Even if I get like taken down, that, as I'm getting taken down, I'm gonna say enjoy the floor. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, damn, that's a and it was like, I guess like a cultural. Well, how do you call those movies that they're like didn't make it that good, but it's like a culture classic? Is that a classic? Yeah, yeah, dude. Like amongst <laughs> 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 How many people started training MMA from watching Never Back Down are still training? Don't <laughs> raise this hand. <laughs> like a bitch. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, man. Actually, uh, <laughs> All right. Hey, Irving, how about let's talk about how you – um? oh, talk about how you started training, I guess, at, at AMC. Because I, I don't think – yeah, the movie theater. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we talked about that actually in the in the last episode. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you want me to? Okay. So yeah. how how everything happened was um, one vacation. Um, I wanted a. I was I was thinking of like looking and training somewhere else, you know, because apparently fighting in a pizza place was not good enough for me. So I was thinking like, hey. I want to do something, you know. Yeah. I want I want to at least try this before, yeah. before I call it quits. So, okay. Uh, I was looking for places. Um, my coaches wanted to go to Jackson's, and I think uh, some dudes went, and then I think they didn't let them train because I think Jackson's had, at the time, had their old gym, and it was like just a private facility. So I, I don't know how how everything happened. So I was like, yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna be close to this i know this is not the way i want to be in my martial arts journey yeah. and i started uh, studying coaches and like top of the list it was matt mm. and it, and it kind of like it was interesting it was kind of like everything made sense that's why i was uh, confident enough to just try it just because everything started clicking i was just looking at coaches and i was like without not knowing anything mm-hmm. i'm just gonna look and see the, their philosophies that was my main thing, mm-hmm. and I came from a, like a traditional martial arts. That's background, right. So. Mexican kung fu. Yeah, kung fu, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to like have that still, you know. I believed yeah. in that, so I've done. That's what I've done since I was a little kid. Yeah, it's how you beat up Canelo. <laughs> exactly, that motherfucker. <laughs> I still remember his name is Julio. I still remember him. If he hears this, watch out, watch out, Julio. Yeah. No, if you hear this, thank you. He he thank actually yeah. he actually put me in the path. So <laughs> yeah, with that black eye. Yeah, yeah he's talking. Right there. Irving Irving's talking about like this kid that this redhead kid that bullied him when he was younger. What Canelo? Canelo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah, it was this big biffy kid. He he gave me a black eye, and I was like, damn, this dude. He would always bully me, and then that was like. What uh, one day I came back with a black guy. My grandpa was like, "Yeah, we need to take him to to learn to defend himself." 
because yeah. I was always like laid back and just doing my thing and I guess he didn't like that and <laughs> he started bullying me he saw me like not this guy if that was his rationale that upsets me greatly you're just like <laughs> chilling he's like that guy's too chill I'm gonna go over there and fuck with him yeah that's what I think I don't know I was just like it, it usually happens like they take my kindness for weakness they're like oh this kid's just too nice yeah. he's probably can take advantage of him and he did at the beginning until I started training. I still remember vividly, like I was running. I was already training. It was like months in and I was running. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's it. Like, why am I running? It kind of clicked in my head. I guess something happened at the gym. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I running? That's it. I just stopped <laughs> and turned around and just kicked him in the face. What, what happened afterwards? Yeah. He kind of got surprised and, and, and ran away. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was not like a solid head kick. It was like a flappy kick. You know, those karate flappy kicks? Yeah. Just just like a point karate, I kind of like scored a point in his head. So it was just like I touch his head. And it, and it stopped and like here and there, you know, kids, they have like a pecking order, right? So... I got tested here and there a couple of times, but nothing, nothing really. Mm. And, and so that's how I got started. So training. So going back to, to my journey to AMC, like I just, I remember looking at training footages and looking at fighters too, like what fighter was the fighter I wanted to mimic my style to, you know, and, and DJ was a, was my guy, you know, super yeah. technical, well-rounded Ooh. fighter. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I was looking for. So it was like, all right, Matt Hume is the is the is the coach, and then I looked Ruth. at other coaches like Firas Sahavi, Trevor Whitman, and listening to this uh, Sherdog interview, the it's online there uh, with Matt and how he describes how uh, he prepares his fighters and the philosophy of the of the gym and stuff. I was like, this is it, man. This is the coach. And then, then I learned he was in Kirkland, Washington. So I didn't know where that place was. I just yeah. knew my cousin that? My cousin lived close. Uh, I mean, she lived in that state. So we're going to go visit. So I was like, oh, maybe I can like catch a bus and go. I don't know. I thought it was like, because here in Chihuahua, like the state is super, super big. It's like Texas. Mm, it's okay. like the biggest state in, in Mexico. So to go to another city, it always takes like two hours. Okay. You know, and it's like just desert. Barren so, desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was going to be like that, but I was like, hey, well, it's worth it. I'm going to go check it out. So I went on a on a weekend. I mean, on a, on a holiday. Yeah. We were there in the summer and I talked to my cousin mm-hmm. who now passed away and he was like, yeah, man, I'll take you uh, if you because none of my cousins that are actually related to me, they were like, nah, your mom doesn't like you fighting. You're going to get hurt. Like, this is the big leagues. I remember my, my cousin. And he's like, yeah, this is not like where you're from. You're going to get fucked up. Like, dudes here are really tough, really high level. Thanks, and bro. I like, <laughs> and I was like, exactly. That's why I want to be here. So, like, nah. The main the main reason, it was like, nah, your, your mom doesn't want you to go. And then my cousin told me, he's like, well, if you want to go try it out, like, why not? And he said, he, I'm going to get a funny video out of this. You're going to get beat up and it's going to be real funny. And 
and you're so probably supportive. gonna stop. Yeah, and you're probably gonna stop. So you're like walking out the door, your gym bag, and he's like, "Irvin, remember, don't fucking try. Give up now. <laughs> now, take your dreams and throw them away. <laughs> remember what I told you. Don't try." <laughs> so we're there. He was. He was like, yeah, "That that doesn't matter. Like, uh, what they say. If you want to try it out, we're here. Like, you." You travel a lot of miles. Let's just go, go see what's up. And then, like I discovered, Kirkland was really close to my cousin's uh, house. So I was like, okay, it's not very far. So we we went there, and I remember I was super nervous, like close to puking. And then uh, I walked in, and uh, who was it? It was a coach. Oh, battle. Uh, is it a battle cat? What's his name? He looked oh, like Curtis. This? Curtis Schuster. Yeah, Curtis. Yes. Oh, he guy was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was there training, and I got super intimidated. I was like, damn, this dude is like, he was hitting mitts, and you could hear him from the outside. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember he, like, he wiped his face with his gloves and just stared at me. I guess he was in breaks. He was just, he just stared at me. Did he say? Yeah, he just watched me, walked in, and then he just kind of, like, started thinking. Maybe he wasn't, like, actually looking at me. He just stared but he was thinking of something but he just stared at me i was like oh damn and then uh i walked in and then the first thing i saw was like the ufc belt and my cousin saw it too he was like he told me afterwards he was like damn it's really really cool and intimidating at the same time like you see the ufc belt right there boom and uh we came and asked for info and we're wondering like we told him hey we're wondering if you guys have like a free class or something like a tryout, they're like, no, uh, it's if you want to sign up, you can come and watch, but yeah. we we don't offer that. So then my cousin was like, hey, you came out from very far. We're paying, so we paid to for a month just to to train that day. And then we I, I saw DJ there. He was like, it was super intimidating too. <laughs> so uh, I, I got in there and I was like, okay, I just it was like a fight for me, like a fight day. I was like, just relax. <laughs> Just, just, let, just let go. Like, you know, your thing is not gonna be even close, but just do give your best. <laughs> and then uh, my cousin was like, "Okay, get in there." He, he grabbed his phone. He got his phone ready. So I just jog to Pocholo. He was giving class, and then like it was like Greg and now that I looked the picture to the in the pictures, now I know who everyone is. So it was like Greg and DJ and a couple other. They were like doing. Uh, uh, submissions on the legs. They were working on on some leg stuff, mm. and um, I walked in class. I remember, and it was like Pocholo giving class. <laughs> you, you still remember this? I just walked in, <laughs> yeah. and I went to introduce myself. Right, I wanted to make an impression, so I was like, "Hey, I'm Irving. I come from from Mexico." And then just Pocholo grabs my hand and shakes it, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he just yeah. pulls me yeah. towards the people. I, I pulled like, him towards the people that were running. Yeah. I'm like, cool like, story, yeah. bro. Just jog with everybody else. That sounds yeah. like a very Pocholo response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, get my you lemon. He was like, oh, damn, this guy's for real. <laughs> he just, like, tossed me to them, and then we, we did class. And it was like really cool and i remember like we started training and uh it was first technique and i like to this to this day like still my single like he showed me how to do a correct single still works and uh i never forget i still remember like all the things he 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 was telling me to do boom boom then we working on singles 
in a little bit of like passing guard and then we we started rolling and uh and I started because he was like very basic and I remember now I remember I was tapping this kid a lot and then I know it was uh Tristan but he was very young <laughs> yeah I remember I got him on a triangle and two weeks later you're gonna knock on your door it's Tristan's like times don't change Tristan's pretty small now Tristan's almost like 170 yeah and he yeah. kicked head yeah not you yeah. at all but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I I remember, like when he was when we were training, he was very thin. But yeah. now, when now when I came back, I was like, "Oh damn, this guy! He's been eating his vegetables. He got like super yoked." I was scared. Now, yeah. <laughs> revenge is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I couldn't like tap him with a triangle because his shoulders were like I couldn't. He was like small. I couldn't yeah. tap him. And Pochola was like giving me tips and i was getting people because i remember i was working on this arm bar i couldn't just get it he just walked next to me he was like connect your elbows and walked away and i did it and it worked and then i went and looked to like oh thank you that it worked and he was like ignoring me he was just looking away it was just <laughs> like <laughs> <at> you <laughs> yeah, yeah i still remember i was trying i was yanking on the on the arm i was like in spider web like yanking on the arm he was like, just connect your elbow to his. Yeah. He walked away. And uh, and I remember, and it was like, it was just that. And then I went, finished the class. I was like super pumped. Just the environment, man. Like I was used to like a battle every time. Yeah. That's that's how it is in Juarez in boxing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, in like all around, I was talking to a friend of mine, a close friend of mine in uh, He's like, he agreed with me, even though he hasn't been like, he moved, he, he just lives here. He's like, we're just very mean people in Juarez. We're just mean. We just mad dog each other. Like ladies, like old ladies in the street just look at you like, what you looking at? Like, it's like with an attitude a lot. Like here we're like kind of rough and you don't know it till you go somewhere else. So imagine that just walking on the street. So imagine going and in, walking into a gym, you know. So boxing, it's like that. It's like mm. a battle every time, you know. It's like war. You're just trying to prove you're a man, you know. Yeah. And you're not scared. So I was scared. I was. I'm a coward. So I it didn't. It didn't buy for me. So I can't yeah. here. But know, I have to say something. Yeah, I have to say something about that. Um, the whole coward comment, like. Uh, true what it is is that you you feel the anxiety you know you feel the butterflies and you know the cat what is it the coward and the hero have the same energy just the hero moves forward with that energy yeah. and that's paraphrasing i think a custom motto quote yep um dude you were never ever putting yourself in comfortable positions in training because mm-hmm. if, if you really were stuck in your head you'd be not engaging and not trying techniques not challenging yourself not trying to grow you know you you're like the for me you're like the quintessential you know martial arts student mm-hmm. you know the way you wanted to build your skills and all the questions you asked and it was that was kind of i guess the heartbreaking thing is you know as someone who like was coaching you just wanting you to see you develop because you you would respond so quick i remember that grappling tournament <laughs> yeah that yeah. you did it's still like a shining moment 
for me just because I could I would just tell you something in the middle of the match and you just do it and it was there you know and that's the sign of a great martial artist and you know student but yeah dude you you're like me in that you deal with a lot of You know, You're breaking up a little bit. AMC, uh, I, I couldn't hear that. Uh, uh, can you go? Can you repeat that? It kind of like went away. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, I said you have anxiety like I do, and I, I, and when you described walking into AMC, I vividly remember like going up my, I think it was either my second or third Saturday from AMC Pacific to AMC Kirkland, and then like going into the gym and. Rich Franklin was there. Robbie Lawler was there. Matt Brown was there. And then uh, two Japanese fighters were there. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then DJ and Drew. And, dude, I felt like I was going to throw up because I was like, oh, we're all sparring. I'm not going to spar all these guys. And I only sparred a few. Um, mainly did grappling stuff with Rich Franklin, work with DJ and Drew. But it was just – it's a big deal, you know. Our gym is very prestigious. And, you know, it's uh, – but, you know, you dealt with that anxiety and then you trained. You know, you could have just been like, well, this isn't for me and just bolted, you know. Mm -hmm. It was for me. It's just uh, the sacrifice. I told Pocholo this before. I remember we're going to this uh, tournament in Tacoma. Oh, yeah. It was like it's it's just like the sacrifice, you know, just I I took too much like for me to be there. Like I cannot let all my emotions take over. This is bigger than this, you know, bigger than just being in my head. It was like. I just wouldn't take it for granted, you know. It it was a dream. It feels like a dream sometimes, man. It was, like, such a great, like, environment and emotions there. Like, I was always zen and calm. Like, I felt that, but I was, like, not all the time, you know, because that's impossible. But I would be able to calm down. And it was, like, a place where I was, I had, like, a rough day at work, but I would come in. Just be relaxed. Be with my friends, with my more than friends, more than my family, you know. Because I was never as open to anyone as I was with you guys, you know. Well, like my techniques, I was just because it's, it's a lot of like egos and self-involvement. Like you, you wanna be the best, you wanna prove yourself and stuff like that. But I was, I knew that my technique gap was so so large. The only way I could learn as much as possible and and do what I want to do is just give in, you know, and just be real to myself. I have no ego for, by like, for real, you know, no ego, nothing, not not trying to prove anything. I just wanted to learn, you know. That's That was my mentality, just being there and just being grateful that I am there because a lot of things had to happen for me to be there, and it was, like, an opportunity I could not waste, you know. Just, I don't know, special, special moment. Yeah, well, what you talk about is, like, so important in developing as a, you know, a martial artist, developing the martial skills. It's like, especially when you start competing, you have all these expectations that you really impose on yourself. You know, when I started stringing some wins together, it was just, like, nerve-wracking for me because I was like, well... Because I have these skills or I'm showing this potential, I have to perform to that every time instead of being more formless as I go into the gym. Like every day I should have the mindset of a student and not saying that I didn't, but sometimes I was too concerned with the external or the fight that was going to come or how many fights I had to win or da 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 da. Like, oh, what happens if I have a bad training day? Does that it, it was just it 
it is an it's not a productive way to develop you know um in that zen you're talking about you know martial arts gives you the opportunity to harness that that flow that letting go that the perfection and imperfection mm-hmm. right yeah those are two opposite phrases they contradict each other but there's truth within it it's that there's something absolute in me being imperfect because i will always be imperfect in my pursuit of the ultimate goal which is like almost always receding isn't it it's always pushing back further it's it's, always yeah it's almost it's always moving always moving yeah and like i saw that you know i saw that in you and just you expressing what you just expressed it's just a reminder to me even though i'm you know i'm uh an ad like a, a training partner i won't compete again it's like I, I learned something from every session. Like mm-hmm. there's something I can improve upon, something I forgot. I got caught in something or I overextended myself here. And it's it's just maintenance as a as someone who's building their martial skills, you know? And like what do you so what as opposed to other places where you train, what did you really get from AMC? Like what was like the if you had to say it's one or two things, what would it be that you really gained from training at AMC? what i've gained okay that's an interesting question because uh, i thought you were gonna say like the things that i enjoyed or that i thought it was um special from that place but gained i guess you know what you can answer that question yeah that's a that's okay a uh, one. i'll answer both uh for me as like the i think the two things that made mc so so awesome was the environment to learn and the knowledge there i feel that's for me the most uh, essential like because that's really hard to get in matt having that knowledge that not not a lot of people have just to not say like no one has because i do believe that but that's my opinion and uh it just like having that environment i feel like it's so important like i was reading uh, a book the other day on, on like athletes and um it was about Chinese weightlifting, and then mm-hmm. they're they're talking about how like they get them since they're young, mm-hmm. and how they like kind of build them. So they were like saying it's like three things that you need. It's like you need a super athlete, you need an athlete, and then mm-hmm. you need an environment to build the athlete. You know, mm-hmm. and then it, it it's like the mind games and all that. But it's like I feel that's what AMC had. It was like the knowledge plus the environment for you to grow. You know, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt it was special. And I think uh, to answer your second question, it's uh, it was it was interesting because I am a very uh, like insecure person, and I think uh, one thing that really I took back home is the knowledge that I know that I can do what, what everything I feel like I dream about, like everything that I want. I know if I work hard at it, I'll be able to achieve it. And uh, it's awkward, right? It sounds like a movie, but I've never felt that before in my life. Just like I was like an insecure person. I was never enough. It was it was like not very, a lot of positive reinforcement until I got there into AMC. And it just I just discovered like if I am dedicated and obsessed with my pursuit, I can I, can, I am able to to achieve what I want, you know. And like nothing is impossible now. Like I have my mindset, which is like when my teammates and my coaches, like 
rested upon me, like it was bestowed upon me rather. It was like you ha- you need to have that that growth mindset. You need to be humble yeah. and be able to get your all the external things away and let go and learn and uh, be what uh, whatever you want to become. That's what I feel was the the like the one of the main things I, I got from yeah from AMC. Yeah. I, I think too, and this is just, I want to open this up to everybody. It's like, in what ways d- does MMA help you confront your fear? Who well, like, to be honest, like, fighting for me is like super scary. <laughs> it's probably the scariest thing. That's why I just, I was thinking about this, and I remember you uh, talking to you about it. It was like, what is the main reason I'm, I'm here? What am I trying to? to do to accomplish this because it can't be just to be a UFC champion and make money. It's, it's much more than that. And I'm, and now being here, I think I, I understand completely. And it, for me, it's just, I was always scared. I was always had a lot of anxiety always. Uh, it was like always scary for me not being able to defend myself or my family, just mm-hmm. having that anxiety that I, that they need me and I can't, perform when I can't do something that I'm too scared to do it because I've been before too scared to do things mm. and it's like fighting is the thing that scares me the most and it's something that I prove to myself that I can work hard that I can achieve my goals and that I can go through my fears that's what I feel is one of the main things that has showed me like after getting into a cage to fight <laughs> another train killer nothing like else scares me because I'm a scary cat. I don't know. It's it's always been a battle with me with fear. And, like, fighting, I think, is what... Like, there's nothing worse than that. Public speaking, maybe. But <laughs> fighting in a cage is up there. What about you, Pocholo? Yeah, well, um, I mean, fear, of course, has been a big driving factor, you know, for me. Like, always. Especially in... um. Yeah, like in, in martial arts, public speaking, like pretty much any of those things, which is, you know, surprising to people because, you know, I'm involved in a bunch of stuff where, yeah, or I either public speak or I fight other people. So I think, well, the big thing that takes uh, or that, that, I, that I drew out of it is that insecurity is like a natural thing, like insecure people are going to be insecure. It's just uh, it's just what happens. But um, what you can be, um, I guess, like how not even like taking take out the insecurity but like how you got to utilize that it's like utilizing or utilizing your fear like from there utilizing your fear of what um of like what what frightens you to like to motivate you to to go further Hmm. like uh i mean even like now like from uh like you know two weeks away or less than two weeks away from like fighting and then people ask you know like how how emotions are and then yeah there of course there's like a lot lot of emotions there's like you know fear of like getting hurt and uh other other things like that but um pretty much the main thing that i think about is that um one i'm grateful to be able to uh pursue something that i like that i like doing martial arts and i'm able to go into a into an area where i can uh you know sharpen my skills like showcase the skills and then gain gain something out of it Mm. and i think and that, that that's the biggest thing for me like that's what fighting or that's what uh, martial arts has, has given me a lot just uh pretty much opportunities for growth and opportunities to face like what um what face difficult things because yeah. that, that, that's pretty much what i want i wanted 
difficult things that force me to uh, to get better because I know that I mean growth occurs outside your comfort zone. So that's yeah. why I want to step outside that comfort zone. It's a, like, is it necessarily comfortable to you know fight someone else in a cage? No, not not necessarily. But you can most would say that's the complete opposite yeah, of being comfortable. Comfortable, but it's like it's like that thing. It's like being comfortable with the uncomfortable, and I think yeah. that's one of the greatest things that I've gained from this. Yeah, man. I mean, those are two like powerful examples, and like I think a lot of the the commonality between both you guys is it's like you're pushing yourself towards the fear instead of retreating from it, even though there's parts of you that's just telling you to um, back off, go do something else. There's a bunch of other things you could do, especially the closer you get to a fight. Some people with experience accept that, but. I mean, some people don't. Like, I watched this video with Donald Cerrone where yeah. he talks about how much of a basket case he yeah, is he gets, the yeah. two two days before the fight. Mm-hmm. He's out of his mind. He's mm-hmm. just like, oh, what about this? What about this? X, Y, and Z. Da, 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 da. And then they call his – I mean, he, get, he gets to the venue. He's back there warming up. Hands get wrapped. It gets closer to his fight. They come in, call his name, and he's just like heart pumping. Duh, 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 duh. Mm-hmm. But then he just goes forward and, and competes. And if you – there's no way you can walk away from that experience not changed, right? Yeah. And if you do it multiple times, there's just all sorts of growth that comes. Exactly. And then from and, the, and that's Donald Cerrone. That's a guy who has the UFC record for most wins. Like, and he's still yeah, scared. He still shit gets scared every every, every time. time he fights. Yeah. Tyson, yeah. they said Tyson said the same thing about yeah. his first, I think, competition. He was looking for a bus back to Brownsville, I think, or Casket. Yeah. He tried yeah. to leave. Yeah. Tried to leave yeah. you know? tried to leave before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. man, what a, with Tyson, what a powerful example because he yeah. he was an athletic specimen, and yes. you know he just. I don't think in the beginning of his training he really knew his own strength or what he was capable of, but then he had a trainer who was like, "Look, this is what you can do," and you know, you can be champ of the world. And of course, Tyson at like 17 is like, what the fuck is this old man talking about? Like, it don't make no damn sense. What you mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I can speak to something similar. It's for me, it was, I was always afraid of conflict, you know, especially physical conflict. Right. So, um, and I, I, in the beginning, I didn't really know how to deal with that until I started doing martial arts um and i developed some tools on how to um handle myself and then as i competed and did more things i uh um yeah the situations those baffling situations when it came to confrontation they weren't so baffling anymore you know what i mean but in in terms of like and that's different than like fighting in a cage though yeah and i've explained it to people when they ask like you know, because I work a, I'm a paraeducator now, Irv, and I work with kids with uh, disabilities in uh, Bellevue School District. Oh, wow. Awesome, and, man. Dude, and they always, like, the kids always look at my ears, and whenever they look at my ears, then I talk about what I did, and then I reflect. And for me, it was just, like, that was the one way I knew how to confront my anxiety. Because it wasn't it, – you hear people say this. It wasn't about the other guy. It was like just getting me to the point where I had to face the obstacle of my just angst. Every day I'm just thinking about what could happen, what could go wrong. I'm training with that mindset. I'm doing things to distract myself. And then when I would get into the cage, all that was like gone. 
and I was forced to confront the moment. I had no choice but to just be like to just disappear in the cage is what I called it. Like I was just automatic. And at that point nothing mattered and that's why it was so pure for me is because not in winning I could yeah. care less about that. It was the fact that I had gotten in there. I had done this difficult thing and then I walked out, right? And um it's really spiritual in that way. Because on average, I'm just so really distracted. Like I'm, I'm like you, Irvin. I just worry about all sorts of shit I can't control. Mm-hmm. And um, there's only so much you can really control in a fight. And if you get in a mindset of trying to control every scenario, you're losing. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, and also just embracing like pain too. Like, oh shit, like just physical pain from training really hard or just having a rough day in the gym or, or the mental or the mental anguish. Right. And the biggest part was the mental, the physical, not so much, but just confronting that part of myself. I want to say I'm an adrenaline junkie. I just wanted to like, I like the challenge, you know, and in this path of fighting, I learned like it it gave me a quick results on confronting (laughs) anxiety, you know? And you know what? Something interesting that you point out, I, I would, I do, did not expect because I couldn't understand it because you can't really see it. You can only feel it. But just having that uh, focus because I'm not able to focus and concentrate like right before I'm about to compete. And to be honest, it was that, that last uh, competition that we're talking about, Scott. It was like that time, like I was yeah. nervous and then all of a sudden, like all the fear went away. Everything went away. It was like nothing. It was blank. None of the emotions of like, oh, my opponent's trying to hurt me or this. And like, it was just like listening to you. And it was like, sometimes my body reacting even before I even, because I was not even thinking about it. It was very awkward, but it was very calm, you know, just like they say this uh, analogy, like in the hurricanes, like right at the center nothing's it's like very calm yeah it's storm yeah. yeah in the eye of the storm yeah and it was it was that and i think that's one thing i did not expect like competing like in martial arts was going to give me and now yeah. that i understand that just going with you guys with the high level people i understand that now like it's just getting into that like zen moment it's not about like oh getting pumped up and angry at least not for me i know no. some people some fire it is like that but for me, I just need to let go of my emotions and let, let my body lose all my training show. Like, you know, yeah. and it was it was that confidence, too, that I did what I all that I could. And I'm at the best place to learn and to like the other people out there, like really cared for me. And like, I really appreciate in my kickboxing fight, like all those people just show up just for me because no one else from the team was fighting. They were all for me. Yeah. And it was very special. And I let a couple of my emotions there, but it was like a learning experience. It was I I changed from that. I learned, you know, and it was it was very special. I felt I felt the love more than anything, you know, and it was like they are not related to me. They I, I train with them, I spend a lot of time with them, I, I yeah. bleed, I sweat with them, right? Yeah. And they I have a it's like a strong bond with them now. And it was special, you know, just to reinforce that. Like, I was there, and then everybody came up. 
in supporting me, and it was very special, you know. That was also something I did not expect, just meeting a lot of special people, people like me, you know, that the same mindset in martial arts. That was something very special that I, I feel bad not pointing out first just because it was something very special, just meeting you guys, meeting everyone in the team, and I feel feeling the love, you know, when I came back from vacation, like how people came. I went to see my mom, and I was kind of sad just coming back home. Yeah. had the surgery, and everybody just embraced me. You're like, yeah, welcome back. We're glad you're here. And it was like, I felt the love, the genuine love. Oh, they're, they're happy that I'm back, you know. And that's, I don't get that in other places, to be honest with you. And it was, yeah. it was very special. That's something yeah. extra I wanted to add. Not just also my, like, inside mental growth. It was also, like, to other people, you know. Because that's what martial arts is, right? How you do everything. It's how you treat other people. How you, how you treat yourself. How you behave in other aspects of your life. Not just in the cage or in the gym. It's like, it... It goes through whatever you do. Yeah. Well, man, what you're talking about really is just like, you know, your emotional IQ and your heart. Like, if you have heart, period, like, that's the first step into progressing in martial arts. It's not like a a super infatuation with the ego. I mean, you know, it is important to have self-belief, but just like having a a good heart, being a genuine person. Because if you... If you have that going into it, it helps with your perspective. Like, think about it. The way we're able to move our body, like, the able, the, the way when we're healthy, how we're able to participate in this activity. There's a lot of people because of, like, disability or chronic disease or whatever limitation they have that can't participate in the way that we do, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have a family member right now who is in hospice is on his last legs, you know, and I've been dealing with that um, the last couple of days. He has cancer. And it just hit me like, you know, time is something we all have to reconcile with. We get, from the moment we get here, we're getting older. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a finite thing. Finite thing. So yeah. what you think about is like, what am I really doing? And, and, and being grateful is a huge tool that helps our mind, helps us stay positive and reflect like because yesterday i was feeling sorts of you know kind of critical about my cardio and um all this stuff and i was like man i just i feel like i'm off because i I sparred then i had to take a step back i'm just glad i can do it right now and what's keeping me going is just hard like i watched this video from a joe rogan podcast with this uh, world champion female kickboxer oh yeah what's her name miriam nakamoto yeah and she goes okay so what happens when your you're like your skills start to go down and you yeah. don't have the six pack and you yeah. don't have all those things. And she can have like five, four something knee surgeries. Four knee surgeries. She's like, yeah. yeah. When your body starts to go, what is yeah. keeping you going? Yeah. And she's like, it's your heart. Mm. That you know, it's like. So for some people, it's like, oh, it's really abstract, but it's like, no, it's that will. Mm-hmm. It's the the desire to learn, the desire to grow, the desire to be there for people those are all great qualities that come with a good mma gym that hasn't been flooded with just like all right everyone needs to go to the ufc everyone needs to be at this level yeah if it's a good school with good values yeah not that meathead that meathead just kill or be killed and and sometimes i'm gonna say no to that mentality yeah 
but it, it was good to just train yesterday and like like you said Irvin, like i realized how many good people i have in the gym like if i wouldn't have, if i would have just stayed stuck in my head and struggling and not had come past the whole paths dude i would never like yeah encountered you and mm-hmm. been a part of your journey and and your development and so it's all it's all great, man. It just really comes down to heart. So if you're not fighting, your heart's gonna go to something else. And I know that sounds corny, but it's real. It's like mm-hmm. it was just one. It's just one tool to help you refine the rest of your life. You know. Exactly, and and I think too, it's also like the the relationships that you make and the people that 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 you impact. I think you realize. Um, you realize that your your act your actions have weight in them, and that people, uh, you know, people are affected by you. And I think, all I mean, what what Irving was talking about, like feeling the love. I think you you're just pretty much you're feeling, pretty much. It's just the uh, it's the it's the reaction to the, all the actions that you put out. Yeah. Because you know those, those people didn't show up because of nothing. Those people yeah. showed up because because they cared for you, you know, from that because you cared for them and that they knew that. You know they they're supporting you though the best that the best that they can. Yeah, think, exactly. Yeah, and I think well that and that, that's a powerful feeling because it's like it's that synergy that's a synergy of emotions that that really helps with that and that's what you know a good a good team environment a good you know family environment should have from there. Yeah, it's it is that it is that spiritual attachment that's just not readily available in the world, especially mm-hmm. as like our increasing reliance on technology and all that stuff yeah. i'm not going to go on that rant. but it's like a further isolating it's direct exactly. human contact yeah and support and all of that and that's why like it, it's so important and um yeah man i I've, I've talked a lot about like the dangers of mma on our podcast and all that and it's true and it's there but in terms of like a team and like support and like just the community aspect of mma is so beautiful you know mm-hmm. I mean, it can turn toxic like any human relationship where yeah. people are. Any relationship can turn toxic, yeah. Yeah, when people just start backstabbing each other, anything like that at AMC. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that just speaks to how Matt runs it, the people that he allows to come in. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's just how it goes from, like, from the top down. Top down, there. yeah. And I think that's kind of what Irving was talking about in terms of, like, the knowledge base. But I think the big thing i think that knowledge base was able to be constructed because it came from a, a great learning environment exactly there, and it continues to stay that way yeah and that's hard right just keeping keeping that environment how it is I think yeah. it's very difficult <laughs> yes yeah and that's why it's like you you're selective too it's like even with who you work with with who you let mm-hmm. in you're just like oh no like i can't i have so many stories about matt turning down people because yes. it's like i know why you're here exactly i know what you get you know you know what their heart's at exactly yeah exactly like i remember when matt was doing uh one of his and not annual but weekly training sessions down at pacific when i was there mm-hmm. and he came and was showing us clinch and it was just like me tori and brian robert's all the old school guys and he like brought us in a huddle and he's like you know what he's like i'd take um he said, I'd take guys like you who stay with the club and stay with AMC over any superstar that would come in here and try to just do a camp. He's like, I want you guys to know that. And yeah. I was like, damn. Because Matt, that was when Matt really was like militant, you know, like exactly. business. Yeah. He would come down and it's like, you better have that right question because he'd 
can't waste his time right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. No, but, but but it shows there's been countless amount of people that, or I guess fighters that have tried to come down, and Matt's pretty much, pretty much rejected it. Yeah. I'll keep it real with you, too. I yeah. mean, and, and that doesn't mean people shouldn't go pursue their dreams, but if you give it to you, it's like... Yes with me in school and like all the insights he offered me. And it sounds like he offered, he had offered you Irvin, like, Hey, stay away from this. And that, and that is a sign of someone who cares. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? And how many rinky dink gyms and coaches have you, have we seen in the game? You yeah. know, yeah. hell, some people try to fight at a pizza parlor. Hell. It's funny. You know what it's, What's funny, I, I feel the most is like it was not weird. Like that's not a story I never brought up to you guys because I I didn't think it was a big deal. It was just a weird place to fight. But now that I think about it, I'm like, man, that's so weird. <laughs> well, you know what's yeah. crazy? I was just joking, and it turns out yeah. someone really did try to get you to fight in a pizza place, pizza yeah. parlor. Yeah. And and now that I think about it, if it was a cage, she probably would be. I would be less. Bad. It was like a boxing ring. It's like people can just like fly off the ropes. There was nothing <laughs> to protect you. It was this fat guy eating pizza right next to you, so you're gonna land in the pizza. So it was like, damn. I think me and Pochella are gonna try to scrap together some funds, and we're gonna have a fight night and pizza night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they only do delivery for like dollars. <laughs> He got punched right in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and going back to that, one thing I, I remember wanted to say that uh, you, uh, you, you, Pucholo, you told me that trip we went to Tacoma. I remember you told me it was like, it doesn't matter how far you go or if this venture that you're here right now, if it's going to happen. Like, it's not a waste of time. It's only going to be a waste of time if all the lessons you learn here, you cannot translate them somewhere else. And now that you're saying how, like, all the, that maybe this journey was just to help me, like, learn and be 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 more aware of my surroundings and, and be better, a better person just because I had this experience in AMC. Like, it helped me grow and in other aspects of my life and I'll, I'll never forget it what, what you said to me it's going to be a waste of time if you cannot apply to other things and it was almost like different like how I even go to school now it feels different like how my thought process is towards everything like before I was lost and now like now it all makes sense I'm like okay I understand now that my mind was not right and that I'm here and it's for a reason and uh, I'm gonna take the best of it because to be honest with you it's been a very rough uh, rough months here just because like it's not where I want to be uh, I would like to be back what I call now home you know be there with you guys it was my life was more simple more calm I was more aware of things I feel like and I'm not I don't have that place to be sent again you know yeah. I remember Pucholo telling me just like you need to be able to have a clear mind anywhere you go like yeah like it can't be this place that calms you down because i remember just breathing the air of the pacific northwest it was like calming me all the trees and the water it's like something that i love and i do want to go there 
and be and live over there and have my life there. Even though I love Juarez and I love Mexico and I don't want to leave this place, it's kind of like weird, a weird energy, but I do want to go back, you know. I do feel like that's a place that I want to be in, in there. I feel like a better version of me when I'm there. And because anxiety was creeping on me. I'm not no, gonna lie it to you always guys. did. It was, it was, it's rough. And then I don't have my martial arts to keep me calm, you know, and have that. And I remember I was talking to James about it before I leave, before I, was, uh, before I left. And it was like, I told him, like, to be honest, I'm kind of anxious, nervous. I'm trying to find a replacement for martial arts and amc just because i don't know if i'll have the money to keep training martial arts and blah blah, blah. he told me it's like you need to stop that because you're not going to find a replacement for amc in this yeah. you won't <laughs> and it was like you're right it makes totally sense he's like by either way like whatever you do is martial arts you know and that's what you should learn like everything the way you do things and whatever you're doing it is martial arts right you can focus you can learn and treat people uh, like differently, you know, mm-hmm. just because sometimes we get caught up in the the mindset, you know, and it's like I really notice how I treat people differently when I was over there. It's it's awkward. I know it's it's weird. It's just something in mind in my mind. It's it's or maybe I'm like the language barrier. I'm, I'm maybe not saying it properly. It sounds weird in my head, mm-hmm. but no, I understand. I think I understand. Are you saying that like? Just because you were constantly engaged in martial arts, like you, you were just, you know, you were more centered. Your mind was clear. You were probably more patient with people. When we, when we don't have outlets like that, especially for people with high anxiety, like we can really just kind of turn into pessimistic, you know, snappy. I mean, that that's at least how it manifests for me. I, I can be yes. really like, then I can, I just turn into a nihilist. I'm just like nothing, you know, and it, it's yeah. not enjoyable for the people around me, you know, and I I give credence to most philosophical thoughts and how people look at their lives. And, but when it gets, it airs too much on the negative, just deeply negative, Mm because there's truth in negativity, but when you're just there all the time, Mm -hmm. it's not a balance, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed that I've been sparring dude the last three weeks. I already noticed a difference in just like how I'm at with my job, how I'm at with my girlfriend. And that's not the end of the road for me staying healthy. Uh, it doesn't begin and end with what I do at AMC, but it certainly is like supplemental to like being a well-rounded person. And that's some. And James is right in essence. Like, I think he doesn't want you to replicate. He doesn't want you to have this high expectation for most gyms because most gyms aren't like AMC, mm-hmm. but there's something to think for yourself about like, well, how are you expressing yourself now? Right. Where is that? And just always constantly trying to find that because school is one thing, but for me, dude, it's just like most, the education system is really rigorous unless you take like, especially in the discipline you're taking. It's like, no, this is this. And this is that, this is the classification. This is correct. This is incorrect. There's probably some flow in there somewhere, but for you, you need to be doing something super creative. Yeah, so you can, a creative outlet. Creative yeah. outlet, yes. you know? Yeah, and I think that's what I've been missing, to be, to be honest. I've been just trying to, like, de-stress. Because uh, my cousin right now, like, this semester, he's kind of uh, struggling with the job. Like, he's doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we can wrestle a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, so, cousin who just yeah, wrestling you yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny because I remember he posted once. He was like, 
he posted something about Canelo on his Instagram. She's like, and that's for all us us Mexicans that we don't look like Mexicans because he's white. He got green eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's funny because he 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 looks like like an American, you know. His name is Clayton, you know. So Clayton Smith. So <laughs> his name it's is like, Clayton Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cousin yeah, yeah. Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you you probably imagine like wrestling like a Latino, like no, 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 no. no. He is. That looks he's similar white. to you. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, wrestling. We look opposite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's just the American version of me, and yeah. uh, like, so we haven't, we couldn't like wrestle a lot. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been just trying to like lift heavy, <laughs> lift yeah. weights. That that's one thing I could just like let all my rage go. But like, but, yeah, but but like what you said, I think is that a I need a creative uh, outlet. Yeah, I never thought of that. Well, yeah. dude, because just think the the mundane, the day to day, the monotony. That's what will just compile your stress. I'm learning that because there's just that grinds away. There's really good stuff you deal with on a day to day basis, but then there's just absurd, stupid bullshit mm-hmm. and like just over and over and da 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 so like how do you break that up you do something creative right Mm -hmm. you read or you write or you do something like what me and pocholo do this has been an outlet for us and we want it to be an outlet for other people too Mm -hmm. because the monotony is what will wear you down it's a necessary part of life like there's a lot of monotony in life it's about but it's it's a balance you know i feel like what you're just like i want to know how many like guys in the tech industry or like silicon valley right or just like or even in like the retail industry just feel just drained you know and like how are they finding their creative outlet it's that normal work environment but that's the thing a lot of people don't they just veg out and then kind of well if i ignore my feelings then they binge eat netflix bro see i got caught up on that yeah that for a minute bro like Mm -hmm. and i wasn't having any sort of intellectual freedom i was just like oh i'm so tired from work let me just even when I was doing meaningful work, I was still like, oh gosh. And now that I'm back at AMC, like Matt asked me yesterday, he's like, How's your weight? I'm like, it's coming down, bro. It's still heavy, but it's <laughs> concerned about my health too. Like I was inquiring about it. That's good. Awesome. I've lost weight, bro. You know, shit's changing. That's good. And now you say you had a girlfriend, my man. <laughs> 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 yeah we out here bro but dude always remember you find that creative outlet man yeah. you just gotta yeah i hate saying this word but you gotta like schedule it mm-hmm. schedule it no no, no it, but you have to schedule it because if you don't take the time then you're never gonna do it yeah there. yeah you know what it's it's interesting oh, one thing i started doing is just like i just remember it was all things you guys told me. It was like I wanted to focus on my wrestling, so I wanted to save some cash. They opened this uh, wrestling club, and I'm thinking of joining. Like as soon as I can get enough cash, just this kickboxing thing is working kind of. Like just uh, I'm in like on a trial period, and when when I'm in like in the team, I think it's gonna get better. Yeah. And then I'll probably can afford a gym. But I've not been a uh, Olympic lifting. That's okay. one thing I've been doing just because of yeah, my good. strength my strength and conditioning coach, Tim, told me to do some <laughs> Olympic lifting and just sprints. Tim Barry? Tayshaun Barry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, you want to get real strong? Just try to get Olympic lifting. And then I discovered that it, here in, in, in Juarez, uh-huh. 
at least the girls are really good Olympic lifters. They got like high level girl uh high girls Olympic lifting. High level Olympic lifting, huh? Okay. Yeah, so I might just try to see that. I was looking a little bit uh, um online and it's very technical, so I might go try it out. It's like a martial art kinda. It's street movements. It is movements Point, rather. Yeah. But yeah. it's like super technique uh related. It's not only about power, it's like a lot of technique, yeah. fine details. So it's I may focus on that. Yeah, and well, timing. Yeah, bro, you have you have an intensity threshold. Yeah, you guys like us, it's like it's got to be something that is gonna engage you in it just completely. Yeah, and then you got to remember to balance it so you don't burn yourself out. That's the ticket, you know. Yeah. The activity has to be really difficult and really intense and rewarding, and then balance it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just be out here like going on light jogs or like in yoga and stuff would help with overall wellness but you need something that's like yeah. intense you just gotta make sure it doesn't <laughs> you know, destroy your body you know? yeah, yeah. yeah it's and what i and yeah. uh one it was uh, this tip uh, i got it from you scott I remember you told me that time you were kind of like laying back uh, kind of like coming in and out from in see a little bit just coming there and sparring stuff you told me you did a couple of like uh circuit training kind of like cross training stuff and i tried it uh, it's fun man it's good yeah I like, yeah. I like those cross. The, it gets a bad rep, like CrossFit, and the people around is kind of weird. But like, they, well, they're the like a cult. It, it's a CrossFit cult. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the the actual like intentions of it. It's it's. it's I was reading about it. it's kind of interesting. They told me like I have the mindset for it. They're like, hey, you want to try it out? Cause I, a friend of work, uh, like was a coach there, so they let me train. They're like, oh yeah, you have a like the right mindset to it, like towards pain like a pain threshold and yeah. and just like having that engine and just keep going and it, it felt like a wrestling practice so i was like okay oh I'll, I'll try a little bit so it, it, it's fun that's what i've been like focusing on just trying to find a way to dump all my energy <laughs> that's that's pretty much what yeah. i've been doing in just school well then you have more room yeah because you our brains just fatigue when we're like the anxiety is like fight or flight at the most unnecessary time. Mm-hmm. Like you're like it used it started. That's why I had to come back because I was at the office and I'm just sitting there, zoned out, just nervous and like there's no threat. There's that no happened to threat. me a bunch just of like, times. There's no bear in the hallway. <laughs> Sometimes I wish there was a bear in the hallway just to see how that would play out. But no, it's, <laughs> no bear. There was nothing there. And then I was like, well, we need to go back to AMC. We need to do a kettlebell workout. We need to do something to yeah. just get through. Yeah, let that energy. It, I don't know. Like, people have their weird names for it. But it's just, I don't know. I feel sometimes. But you're, you're right. Maybe that's why I'm not feeling it properly. Just because it's not create, like a creative outlet, not just your energy. Your spirit is what I'll call it. <laughs> you got the fighter spirit, bro. It's in there. <laughs> Passed yeah. down from ancestors, maybe. I don't know. It's just <laughs> Yeah. No, but no, but it's true. Like you have you have to find a way to utilize it or else it's gonna get yeah. It'll it, turn it, inward. Exactly. And that's what happened with me is like you know, it started to turn inward and then it's just I wanna be present, dude. I, like my just being in the moment has increased. Like yesterday <laughs> this is a really hip it's a hippie story, but I'll tell it. Uh yesterday on the mats, like I was warming up. And there was, like, this bug that was just, like, struggling in the middle of the mat. And, like, I looked at it, and I was like, that sucks. 
So like I picked it up and then I walked it outside of AMC and just put it in this bush. And then Davis comes in <laughs> and he's like, oh, you made a little friend there? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I'm not going to say I saved the life, yeah. but I just saved the life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. before, I, when I first started coming back, I was so oblivious to everything around me, just that it all stuck in my head. And mm-hmm. now it's I'm slowly just marching out of that, just getting more in touch with myself. And yeah. that's, you got to find something that'll do that. Because work, work can do that, I think, 25%. Like, even if you're – it's hard to find complete meaning in just yeah. work, yeah. right? Because most ca- in most cases, we have jobs we really don't like. Yeah. I think that's the thing because it's hard to live in the present moment when you don't like what you're doing. Yeah. It's just yeah. how it is. Yeah. Or you're always just like, what's happening next? What's going on in the future? da 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 Exactly. You're, you're not like, living in reality, which is the present. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So – yeah, and I think uh, what helped me, it's funny, uh, that stress of competing, just being in that moment, that's one thing that so, I, so I remember. The moment. It forces you, dude. It's like, it's yeah. crazy for us because yeah. we're really lucky. Like, yeah. that's our, it's so corny. That's our drug. But it's like, well, drugs help people escape too. <laughs> but it's like, well, you need to be doing something healthy to help you escape. Yes. And yeah. be careful that you're not stuck on something negative, you know? like Exactly. And uh, I wanted to uh, share a funny story, sorry, uh, that I interrupt. It was like, it was not funny, actually. It was funny okay. at the end. But it was like, I had this altercation with a dude. Oh, and uh, infamous dude that fucks with us all. It was, it was like, he he said he wanted a, uh, so he hurt a friend of mine. And uh, physically, so I was like, okay, I'm going to piece this dude up, right? <laughs> so, okay. El Jaguar on the prowl. No hesitation. I love it. <laughs> and it was like, okay. And then I started feeling the jitters, you know, like, okay, this is going to be an, like an altercation. And I just remember like very clear your, your, like, I was already on that zone. Like, I don't, I don't even understand if he knows what's going on. But like, okay, I understand, like, this is not right. Okay. So I should. This is not uh, the right thing to do. And then I just remember I was driving to the place because I was in school. And it was like, I remember I just, your voice, your voice, like in my head. It was like, it doesn't matter what it is. Alterca- if you're in an altercation, it's just never engage. Yeah. Just never engage. And I was just thinking and I had the, the luck to have like a little bit of more time. And when I was getting close to it, I felt the jitters just... I guess because I am still like that kid in, in kindergarten just scared of conflict too. Hey. And I remember just uh, listening to to Matt's voice in my head. It was like he was saying just like always if there was such an – he was explaining a self-defense thing. He was talking about like engaging first. He was like it doesn't matter what it is. It's like as a martial artist, we're not supposed – like never – is never – like this the solution to engage in an altercation and then he was like but if this happens and then he <laughs> yeah, like, yeah time to fuck someone up yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's doing this yeah yeah he's violating time to tax that ass yeah yeah he was he was just uh, i think it was an example of uh being like preemptive with our wrestling defense just being active yeah. all the time it's not about just wrestling defense to sprawl that was his point. But, and I just remember his voice. I was like, okay, you know what? It doesn't, this is not worth it. 
okay, I just chilled, and uh, and I went there, relaxed, I was calm, and then as soon as I got out of the car, I think he, the dude, he didn't expect me to just come out and engage, and I just got out of the car, and then I could see in his eyes, in his body language, he was not ready to fight, Yeah. and, and he, like, yeah, he, he didn't expect that he got intimidated, and everything, just nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing actually really happened. It was just a lot of like drama and stuff, mm-hmm. and I just feel like so grateful just being at AMC. I feel like how I reacted to that situation. It was yeah, like, it's I'm possible grateful. to walk away and maintain your dignity. And before I trained martial arts, I didn't fucking know that. Yeah, you and, didn't and know you could walk away. Yeah, I yeah. I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I can't I because then I'm a bitch. Yeah, I'm a bitch. Exactly. I'm a, this, I'm that. Yeah. I'm, and you know what that's like, Irvin. You know, we, you grew up in a rough area. I hung out in rough areas. But I was watching this uh, interview with Joe Rogan and this fucking dweeb, Gavin McGinnis. He's a just alt right. I'm not even going to get into him because I don't want to talk about him on our podcast. But he's just a vile dude. And he talked about going to like protests. Um, and just getting in fights with like Antifa and uh, Antifa and other like left groups. And like he always said, like he would just initiate the conflict with his group of people. And Rogan had a brilliant response. He's like, because I guess to get into his group, you have to punch someone in the face at a protest. You have to fight them in order to get membership in his far right Nazi group, right? Mm-hmm. They say they're not Nazis, but they're, they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. But Rogan straight up said like, you need to do away with that because once that cycle of violence begins, especially in groups, it just goes back and forth nonstop. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it perpetuates itself. And especially like, I mean, and we're not talking about micro conflicts here where it's just like a disagreement. And, but even then, you don't know who you're getting into it with. That's why you have to be really intelligent about when you choose to engage and when you choose not to, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's uh, it's difficult, man, but I think you made the right decision. And I, I tell the kids I work with, I'm like, not only do I tell them they can walk away, it's like, I also tell them it's possible to set down your anxiety for just a moment. Mm-hmm. You can just drop your issue mm-hmm. just for a moment, even five minutes. Like, if, And if you're caught in your head, duh, 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 it's just like, let me just put that shit down real quick. Come back to it later. Yeah. And uh, you know what uh, the main thing that I felt was? Like, first, my coaches, my teammates would be would not be proud of me. And second, it was like, I have nothing to prove. I'm not less of a man if I don't engage. And I'm not more of a man if I beat him up. Because I don't think he'd have, like, a clue what combat is, to be honest. Yeah. And it's like, it's like I don't think I prove anything if I engage, you know. And that's what I thought. It was like, I have nothing to prove. I am... I'm not more or less of a man if I engage. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I kind of caught myself thinking like, oh, I need to engage because this happened. I need to do this. And no, I don't. You know, And that's what martial arts gave me. Gave me that option. Gave me that mm-hmm. uh, that control like, view. Yeah. Exactly. That control, of course, mm-hmm. of just like not engaging, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. before my thought process would be just engage, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it's the crux of self-defense is knowing when it's appropriate to respond, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's really what we learn, you know? Like, it's, there's time to throw caution to the wind and time to just simply, like, 
it's not your issue. You know what I mean? It's not your problem. And you're not going to actually solve anything. That's why I hate fighting solves everything. It's like, ah, maybe <laughs> sometimes it solves certain things, but we don't always have to engage, you know? Like, yeah. And I learned that from working with these kids, man, because these kids I work with, like, they get irritable. They get upset, angry, and then they just, like, are just pissed off flipping out because, I mean, they have issues, right? Like, <laughs> medically documented issues. And the worst thing to do when someone's escalated is to get in an argument with them because then it never ends. Escalates more. It never yeah. ends. That's not de-escalating. Yeah. You just you just stop. You pause. You're just, huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone wants to get, you know, you just got to be careful, dude, because I don't want to be reckless and go, oh, yeah, if someone wants to get it, they can get it. It's like, uh, nah. Got to really – what is it called? Uh, situational awareness. Yeah, situational awareness. A lot sure. of law enforcement, military talking exactly. about that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Especially here, to be honest, here is kind of like sketchy. Mm. Like, oh, it's yeah, not a good sure. idea. Exactly. A jab to the face could end up with like multiple shots no, fired. Like, exactly. Yeah. And then it's like that fight. Like that fight just doesn't just end there. No. It kind of – it keeps revolving yep. around. Yeah. Well – this has been yeah, this has been pretty. Are good. we deep into yeah. it? I guess yeah. like how long have we been going? We've been going for an hour and forty minutes. Oh but like, wow! But, oh, yeah, wow. But, but, yeah, but in the presence of time, I know I know Irving needs to get going. Okay. Or, or like go, you have some kind of family event. Anyway, you don't yeah, need to talk yeah, about yeah. It. But uh, but yeah, well, well, we thank you, buddy. Like we appreciate Dude, thanks talking for coming you. on, bro. Yeah. Hey, no, thank you guys. To be honest, this is a, a way for me to zen and calm down. I I don't think I've. <laughs> been doing a good job of like yeah. following up yeah i've been really stuck in like school and stuff and like i, I actually want to say i'm sorry i i haven't been able to like really keep in touch like not even with my cousin i, I try to call her more mm-hmm. you know just because for everything she's done to me and i really appreciate that but even then like and she i talked to her yesterday today's her birthday actually oh. and uh i um it is like I talked. I talked to her and told her like, "Hey, like I'm, uh, I'm." I talked to her yesterday and uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I can't call so often. It's just me in my mind. I'm always, I'm always like floating around." She's like, "It's fine, you know. I understand, but I still feel bad, you know. I know you guys understand. You're not gonna hold your breath because I don't call you guys, but uh, I still, I still like miss you guys a lot. I really appreciate everything. Yeah, bro, we miss you too." For my life, man, I'm really, I'm really grateful. If, like, I don't, I don't. It always sounds weird, and people say I'm always like very dramatic. But like I say, if <laughs> I never see you guys again, yeah. I really want to thank you for. And I know it's not gonna be the case because I want to go back home. But yeah. I really thank you guys for everything you've ever done for me, and thank yeah. AMC for everything. You know, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for that opportunity I had, and hopefully I can still have. You know. For sure, and it's bro. not just not just fighting, you know. It's just being in that environment. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it, and thank you, man. Thank you guys for everything. Yeah, yeah. thank you, man. We'll talk yeah. with you soon, man. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Irving. And yeah, ultimately, we're grateful, like, to know you as well. I mean, as big as the impact that you feel that we made, you've made the same for both for both of us and for everyone else. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So thanks. Thanks again for your time. And thank you, listeners, whoever's been listening to this. <laughs> we get a yeah. donation. Yeah, exactly. You made it this far in the podcast. Make an impact? You can make an impact on us. Like, donate you made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Throw yeah. a donation at our uh, pa- was it Patreon. 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 Sorry. Yeah, Patreon. P A T R E O N. All right. And with that, thank you and goodbye, everybody.